Well, every blessing to you all. Welcome back to my open air pulpits. Another mild and somewhat murky morning. Please go to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. And I want to speak this morning, if I may, about the tongue. About the way that we speak as saved people. And the Word of God has a lot to say about this. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Look at verse 8, if you will. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father. And therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. So one moment we are praying to the Lord. One moment we are preaching the gospel. It could be from the open air pulpit like this, for example. And then the moment we stop praying or preaching, our tongues start to get the better of us. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father. And therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. So one moment we are in fellowship with the Lord, like I say, praying, preaching, proclaiming the gospel. It could be via the pulpit, it could be on a street corner, it could be to friends and family. We could be praying at home on our own, or praying with other people. And the moment that prayer has finished, our tongue starts to get the better of us. It was George Muller, one of the great uh, preachers from the 19th century, a German Christian who went to Bristol with his wife, and George Muller, it's been said, would get on his knees and read the Bible through 100 times throughout his entire life. And on one occasion he was on his knees praying for a period of time. The moment he got off his knees, an impure thought came into his mind. An altercation with his wife took place. And it may have been him who said, I have to repent of my repenting. We call such a person on the one hand, a holiness preacher, and yet on the other hand, we commend such a statement. An honest man, a holy man, a man who loved his wife, loved the brethren, the body of Christ, but more importantly, he would love his Lord. And after time with the Lord, his tongue got the better of him. One more time. But the tongue can no man tame. Man or woman, saved or unsaved, it makes no difference. But in the context, this is speaking about saved people. It is an unruly evil, evil, full of deadly poison. Poison, if you were to be exposed to any kind of uh, chemical detergent bleach for a period of time, get it on your hands or on your clothes, it ruins your clothing, your hands, your skin, you die basically. But here, James is connecting tongue with poison. Therewith, bless we God, concerning saved people, of course, even the Father. And therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude, image, likeness of God. So on the one hand, you've got saved people praying. And as they pray, or as they come to the end of their prayers, 
thoughts come their way, like George Muller, and after a moment or two of having a deep prayer life with the Lord, they start to say things, do things that they shouldn't do. George Muller was one, like I say, uh, John Wesley would be another, a great prayer warrior, and yet some of his teachings, some of his statements are problematic. Look at verse 10. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, save people, my brothers, these things ought not so to be. So one of the reasons why I want to speak about this this morning uh, concerns my last post that I put up a few days ago concerning Harry and Meghan. And it was interesting to read some of the comments. There are probably three or four subjects that if you speak on, you will expect a backlash of some kind. Uh, if you speak in defense of the Jews, Israel, Zionism, expect a backlash. Some people have a problem with the Jews, Zionism, Israel, and if you speak in defense of such a group, such a subject, expect a backlash. The Trinity, take a defense for the Trinity, that also causes a lot of uh, frustration, animosity, and again, expect a backlash. Uh, the Bible issue, take a stand for the King James Bible, expect a backlash on that. But surprisingly, my comments uh, concerning Harry and Meghan were received with a level of hostility by some people. And one of the reasons why I spoke against uh, the couple for doing what they were doing uh, is basically down to the fact that they are still on the civil list. The civil list in the UK is a upper class welfare system for members of the royal family. And as I watched that clip a few days ago of Harry and Meghan publicly touting for work, caught on camera, I was reminded of when uh, Prince Andrew and his ex-wife Sarah Ferguson were also doing it back in the 1990s. No disciplinary action took place then because we are told that Prince Andrew is the Queen's favourite son and how Harry is also the Queen's favourite grandson. But just for the record one more time, please excuse the flies, it's very mild, it's been mild for the last two or three months, it's almost uh, like spring up here this morning. <laughs> But just for the record, I am not a uh, monarchist, nor am I a republican. I recognise from the scriptures how God works through sovereigns, and be mindful of this as well, how the Queen has three layers to her office. Head of the church, head of state, head of the royal family. And I'll discuss that more this morning. But the tongue can no man tame, you can't control it. If you could control it, George Muller would have controlled it. If you could have controlled it, John Calvin would have controlled it. If you could have controlled it, Martin Luther would have controlled it. He would say things disgusting and despicable against the Jews. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison, absolutely. Therewith blessed we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. It's like a paradox, going back to the two natures of the believer. On the one hand, our inward man is being renewed each and every day, and on the other hand, our outward man is dying 
each and every day. Out of the same, uh, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things are not so to be. Go to Second Corinthians. Uh, I think it's chapter 3, just to quickly demonstrate how the two natures uh, of the believer work. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3, I think it's 2 Corinthians 3. Yeah, look at verse 15, in fact it's chapter 2. I had another verse in mind, which I can't find. 2 Corinthians uh, 2, 2.15 For we are unto God a sweet savour of Christ, in them that are saved, and in them that perish. To the one we are the savour of death unto death, and to the other the savour of life unto life, and who is sufficient for these things. It appears to be a paradox, and yet it's not. On the one hand, your inner man is growing, if you read the Bible each and every day and yet on the other hand your outward man is perishing yeah here it is uh, 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 2nd Corinthians uh, chapter 4 look at verse 16 for which cause we faint not but though our outward man perish yet the inward man is renewed day by day and there was one more uh, that I was thinking about, but it's not coming to me uh, as of this moment. Go to, uh, I'll go back to James chapter 3, James chapter 3, look at verse 14. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not, and lie not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, doesn't come from heaven, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. So the question gets asked, can Christians be devil-possessed, completely taken over by the devil, possessed? left right and center if you think of simon peter matthew 16 he would say to jesus you won't go up to jerusalem you won't do this you won't do that and the lord turns around looks at simon peter but addresses the spirit behind simon peter and says to simon peter you don't save rest of things that are of god but are of men and he says, Satan, get behind me. So Simon Peter was a saved man. And when he got into the discussion with Jesus Christ, his wisdom was earthly, sensual, like sensation, devilish, devilish. If you think of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, on one occasion, they were upset how the Samaritans refused to receive the message from Jesus Christ, his message, his gospel, refused to take heed, and they wanted to call fire down from heaven, like Elijah 
would do back in the Old Testament. And yes, back in the Old Testament, we have many occasions where the prophets, especially Elijah, would mock, scoff, make fun of, for the most part, apostate Jewish leaders. But for the New Testament, you don't find that type of mockery, that type of scoffing. If you go back to the Old Testament, you have three levels of government. You have the theocracy, which ended in failure. Then you had the monarchy, which failed in apostasy. And then you had this sort of semi-government uh, le layer or level of government, which would also fail in apostasy. But for the Old Testament, you were told to pray for those in authority on one occasion Paul was slapped across the face, book of Acts, and he would retaliate as he was being slapped across the face, and they put the scripture on him, how he wasn't to revile the leader, the leader, the high priest, one of Israel's leaders, and he would have to repent for doing such a thing. This wisdom descendeth not from above concerning what you say, concerning what you do, but as earthly, is fleshly, sensual, sensation, causing a commotion, devilish, devilish, satanic. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. So when I speak about particular subjects, like I say, it could be defending the Jew, it could be defending the Trinity, it could be defending the King James Bible. It could be defending uh, Christ's blood atonement. It could be speaking out against uh, the ecumenical movement, the Illuminati, the Freemasons, and yes, of course, the Queen. Go to Second Peter chapter two. Is the grand patroness of the Freemasons. We expect naturally a backlash. Second Peter chapter two. Second uh, Peter chapter. Two. Uh, look at verse 9 the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished don't worry about these leaders people say but they're going to perish yes people say but they are lost yes people say they are part of secret societies yes that's not for you to be concerned about. Paul would say, I don't have to worry about those that are outside of the church. I worry about those that are inside of the church. But for those of us which are saved, living under grace today, we are to be aware of what goes on. We are to be careful. We have to weigh things up carefully. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly, the saved, out of temptations, testings, trials, that's a good verse, and to reserve the unjust, unsaved, unto the day of judgment to be punished hellfire of course but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise governments presumptuous are they self-willed they're not afraid to speak evil of dignities dignitaries now i've been observing politics for longer than i've been saved and i know probably too much about politics and i'm naturally a cynic I wish I wasn't, but I am. I guess if I wasn't a cynic, I'd be naive. But I've been watching politics for a long time, following uh, governments. And I read biographies of some of these leaders. And I 
probably know too much but i know one thing when i got saved 18 years ago a change took place in me and i wasn't so quick to allow my mouth to run away with me i don't suffer fools gladly again i'm not a monarchist i'm not a republican i'm somewhere in the middle but i know how these that walk after the flesh going back to james chapter 3 suffer with uncleanness and they despise government presumptuous are they self-willed stubborn refuse to put the old man down and are not afraid to speak evil of dignities now i've seen people over the years uh mock religious leaders <coughs> it was last year when the hong kong protesters were on the streets almost every day and it went on for a long period of time and some of those protesters were saying calling themselves christians and yet they were mocking the chief executive in hong kong and i watched uh, some of the material that was put online and some of the articles that were posted and i thought you shouldn't be doing that now i know she's a puppet from uh china a stooge i know that and she's been put uh, in place on behalf of Beijing I understand that but the way that governments are run whether in Britain via the monarchy or in Hong Kong via communism or America via their republic or Germany or elsewhere via chancellors uh, prime ministers it's immaterial as far as God is concerned he allows his governments to exist he allows them that these people to do what they do so it's not for us to get overly upset about it and overly sensitive the lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished so we could say this that there's no reason for people who are saved to sin we sin when we are drawn away by our own lusts james chapter one but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government presumptuous are they self-willed they're not afraid to speak evil of dignities you should be terrified you should be conscious you should be aware that the powers that be have a difficult job on their hands it's not easy i would think to be in governments you are told to pray for your leaders in your church Hebrew says you are to submit to your elders they have the oversight of you they watch for your souls just this morning I got an email asking me to pray for this particular party a long prayer request everyone who ever contacts us for prayer everyone without exception we pray for such people now I hope you pray for us if you benefit from this ministry I hope you pray for us every day not just when you think about us but every day make time to pray for our ministry if you benefit from this ministry if other ministries are uh, helping you if you are benefiting from other ministries again i hope you pray for those ministries that's also a commandment whereas angels verse 11 which are great in power and might bring not railing accusation against them before the lord railing like mocking like scoffing like a parody and i spoke about this last year 
Uh, cartoonists are very good at painting pictures, depicting leaders, nearly always those on the right, conservatives. It's, it's kind of rare to find cartoonists mocking left-wing politicians, those that are pushing their own demonic, devilish agenda. It's easy to go after those who are conservative, even if they are conservative with a lowercase c. Angels, which are greater in power, contrast that to someone like Lot, verse 7, a man, or men in general, James chapter 3, greater in power and might bring not, bring not, railing, accusation against them, in reference to governments, before the Lord. Go to Jude. Sometimes we allow ourselves to get carried away uh, if we are in the flesh, and we all are prone to this, uh, somebody can say something, somebody can allude to something, somebody can insinuate something. And the old man kicks in. And when the old man kicks in, uh, many times you make a fool of yourself. Jude 8. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and be evil of dignities. Now Jude and 2 Peter, if you read both epistles uh, carefully and side by side, you can't help but see there are unclean spirits in the context. And these unclean spirits are connected with certain people. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion and speak evil of dignities concerning people uh, going back to verse 4, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Second Peter 2 1, 2 2, 2 3, 2 4, speak about these people being bought with a price, Christ died for those people, but those people turn around, deny him, and also here, and go on to make merchandise off the Lord Jesus Christ. Nine, yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. And you speak to charismatics, Pentecostals, mostly fleshly people, carnal people, many times in the flesh, they believe they can rebuke the devil. They believe they can bind the devil. They believe they have authority over the devil. And yet Michael, the archangel, not just an angel, but an archangel, higher than a bog-standard angel, when contending with the devil, Satan, he disputed about the body of Moses, Durst not, didn't dare bring against him, the devil, a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. Go to Romans 13, and yet we have Christians saved, I am sure, born again, obviously, perhaps King James, who think nothing, nothing of criticizing governments, their own government. It may have been five or six years ago I saw some street preachers online uh, somewhere in America making 
derogatory remarks about Barack Obama. I have no interest in Obama, don't care for him much, a lost man, a very evil, wicked man, and yet when you start to mock him in a personal way, and his family in a personal way, and use derogatory terms against him, you are basically under the Jude condemnation, the Second Peter condemnation. I am convinced that when John the Baptist was correcting Herod, you adulterer, you shouldn't take your brother's wife for your own. And she got infuriated with John's language, condemnation. I'm convinced that when John was detained, in fact, even before he was detained, I am convinced that he was praying for Herod. And yet when Paul met, it may be an Agrippa and his wife for memory, and for memory, I think Agrippa and his wife were brother and sister, incest. When uh, Paul met Agrippa and his sister slash wife doesn't use the same language as John the Baptist. He's more diplomatic. He's been to the third heaven. He sees how the angels, when they are in the presence of the Lord, cover their eyes, their feet, and also their uh, mouths. Unclean eyes, unclean mouths, unclean feet. And Paul is very diplomatic showing once again the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. John the Baptist was very reminiscent to Elijah. You generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? Bring forth fruits, meat for repentance. Do not think to say we have Abraham as our father. Uh, Abraham is our father. We can, uh, he will, uh, the Lord will bring, uh, he will raise up stones from these people. Contrast that to the Apostle Paul. So in some sense, John is a good picture of Elijah, but John, of course, is also an Old Testament saint. Whereas Stephen and Paul were New Testament saints. When Stephen is being murdered by the Jewish leaders, Acts chapter 7, he's very careful what he says. Lord, don't lay the sin to their charge. Contrast that to what Jeremiah would say. Jeremiah would say, destroy them, Lord. She says there are two differences, two dispensations. Elijah, Jeremiah, John, Stephen. Elijah and Jeremiah were very uh, direct, very uh, vicious in a sense. They had a different revelation, a different ministry. Contrast that to Stephen and Paul, who, like I say, were very diplomatic. Romans 13, Romans 13, look at verse 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. So, not in reference to what's inside our physical bodies, obviously, but so in reference to our being. He's a poor soul, she's a poor soul. He looks like a tired soul, she looks like an, a tired soul. He's a happy soul, she's a happy soul. Figure of speech, soul. Let every soul, let every person, let everybody be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. When Jesus was speaking to Pilate, Pilate basically said to him, if I wanted to, I could do this or that to you. And he says to Pilate, you have no authority over me. You couldn't even look at me. If it hadn't been given to you from my father which 
is in heaven. Daniel 2 speaks about governments coming and going, kings and queens being raised, dethroned, premiers, presidents coming and going, but the Lord remains. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation, judgment. Two days ago, Patrick was speaking to a Vietnamese gentleman who incredibly survived the end of the Vietnam War, and he was detained by the communists, put into a communist concentration camp. Don't hear much about that, do you? If you follow history, we hear a lot about the German concentration camps in Germany uh, throughout World War II, even before World War II. But communist concentration camps? We don't hear much about that, do we? By 1945, 1946, just for the record, there were 200 death camps in Russia. 200. Ten times more than the Nazis were running in Germany. And this gentleman that Patrick was speaking to a few days ago, like I say, was in the uh, South Vietnamese army, pre the Vietnamese War, Vietnam War. And uh, when the Americans left in 1974, 75, uh, the Americans got quite a few uh, South Korea, excuse me, South Vietnamese out of Vietnam, but many were left behind. And the North uh, Vietnamese were the Viet Cong, backed by China, and of course Russia, <coughs> and this gentleman, unfortunately for him, was arrested, detained, held for seven years, seven years, and yet he escaped, incredibly, came to the UK, he's been here 36 years, and yet I thought about him, and reading these verses this morning, it's fair to say that if you were to find yourself in Vietnam, under house arrest, it could be someone like Eric Little, who was held by the uh, Japanese in China during World War II, you were to submit to the powers that be. Let every soul, without exception, verse 1, be subject unto the higher powers, concerning governments, of course, for there is no power but of God. God is all sovereign. The powers that be are ordained of God. And yet those that run countries are not necessarily uh, doing what he wants them to do, most are not. That's why you are to pray for such people. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, like trying to cause a revolution, trying to undermine governments like the Jesuits in Japan and South America, in fact even governments like to undermine other governments. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation, judgment. It's possible that this Vietnamese gentleman was resisting the Viet Cong from North Vietnam, backed by China, Russia, like I say, atheist, of course, Darwinist, absolutely. And as a result of that, he was detained. And yet, incredibly, he was able to escape. Should he have escaped? Would you escape? Or would you stay put? And so I'm going to get as many people saved as I can while I'm here. I have no idea what I would do, <laughs> if you ask me. If I found myself in a prison camp, whether in uh, Vietnam or Germany or 
rush, I have no idea what I would do. I'd like to think I would probably escape, but maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I'd have my own ministry there, I don't know. Until you find yourself in such a situation, you have no idea what you would do. For rulers are not a terror to good works. Not normally. Not normally. But to the evil, that's how it should be. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. But of course, you go back through history, and when Paul wrote this around 57, 58 AD, the Romans have been around for 250 years. The whole of Israel was under Roman occupation, a brutal polytheist government, worshipping many gods, and of course, of course, Christians from the first century would refuse to submit to the pagan gods. And that's one of the reasons why they were put into the Colosseum, made to uh, perform, made to fight uh, with the lions and the bears. For he is a minister of God to thee for good. He's supposed to be. But if the government starts to deteriorate, if the government starts to become more wicked, more deplorable, then maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe Christians aren't praying for such a government. If more people were praying in Vietnam, pre the Vietnamese War, if more people are praying in uh, Korea, pre the Korean War, if more people were praying in America, pre the Civil War, if more people are praying in Britain, pre World War I, World War II, maybe such wars wouldn't have happened. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. That's how it should be, but not always, of course. But if thou do that which is evil, if you start to do your own thing, become like a freedom fighter, kick against the system, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. This allows for the government any governments anywhere at any time to put evildoers to death and of course for today the sword will be replaced with the gun for he is the minister of god incredible a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil wherefore ye must needs be subject not only for wrath but also for conscious conscience sake so if you are a Christian watching this video anywhere in the world and you are suffering, and many Christians are, especially in the Far East, especially in Africa, God expects you to continue. He expects you not to kick against such a regime, but to pray for those in authority. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Go back to Guy Fawkes. Go back to King James. Go back to the uh, bonfire incident. You have King James. You have his family. You have Parliament, the government, all meeting. And Guy Fawkes, trained by the Jesuits, of course, unhappy with his religion. Uh, being put in its place and even during the time of Henry VIII Elizabeth I King James I Catholics were able to 
celebrate the Mass. But what they weren't allowed to do was enter into government because it was considered then that they were split. Their loyalties were split. So on the one hand, they recognised the Pope as their supreme leader, and they still do, of course. And what does Jesus say? You cannot serve two masters. And Henry, Elizabeth, James, and other royals said on the one hand that you can still be a Catholic, you can still worship in secret, not public, you can't recruit, you can't evangelize, uh, but we won't allow Catholics to enter into government. And of course Guy Fawkes, a fanatic, a bit like an ISIS member today, trained by the Jesuits, like I say, decided to take the law into his own hands. He should have been praying for James. James was his king. James was a British monarch. Guy Fawkes was a Brit, an Englishman. But he decided to follow a foreign power, Church of Rome, and when he was arrested, detained, tortured, and subsequently put to death. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, look at verse 1. I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. For kings, it could be James, it could be Queen Elizabeth II, it could be the current American presidents, it could be the current British Prime Minister, it could be leaders in Saudi Arabia, China, North Korea, for kings. And go back to this initial king, Nero, Titus, I think it was Nero actually, Nero and Titus were wicked kings. Pedophiles, Sodomites, pagans, but Paul's very clear, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. But Guy Fawkes wouldn't agree with this. For kings and for all that are in authority, all without exception, going back to what was taking place in Hong Kong last year, or in Barcelona two years ago. People on the streets almost calling for a revolution. And if I wasn't a saved man, I too would be calling for a revolution. But that's not my remit. For kings and for all that are in authority, all that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. So Paul wants you to pray for your leaders. He wants you to live a quiet, peaceable and godly life. He wants people to see Christ in you, Christ the hope of glory. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Saviour, who will have all men to be saved. But how can all men be saved if you are kicking against your government? Kicking against your queen? Kicking against your king? Kicking against your appointed leader? And to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. He died for everyone to be testified in due time. Go to 1 Peter. So the Christian, first and foremost, must be careful what he or she says, watch 
your tongue. If you have time on your hands, get into a prayer, uh, get into the habit of praying, make time for prayer. Uh, I will say that I don't pray as much as I should. And one of my resolutions <laughs> for 2020 is to pray a lot more. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. And yes, my tongue gets the better of me as well, of course. Uh, but I am becoming more conscious of the need to address my own shortcomings. 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, look at verse 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. It's for his sake, not yours. Would it be to the king, James I, Henry VIII, wicked man, many wives, Elizabeth into astrology, Princess Diana, consulting, clairvoyances, as supreme and yet head of state powers that be powers that be are ordained to god it's not for you to get into the lifestyles of these people you have to pray for these people submit yourselves to every ordinance of man the laws of man government acts 5 says we won't pick your laws over the lord's and when the lord says one thing a man says another we go with the lord obviously but when the two are in harmony, we can submit to the Lord's law and man's law. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Would it be to the king as supreme? It could be the current Chinese premier or the current Russian president or the current king in Saudi Arabia or governments in Libya, Iraq and even Iran at present or unto governors a second group of people as unto them that are sent by him for the punishments of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well so if you kick against your government if you overly critique your government make sure that if you're not careful because if you aren't careful the government may collapse there'll be a further breakdown in morals more wickedness will arise and the whole purpose of governments would be to deal with evildoers and to praise those that do well i think it was margaret thatcher who said that the government's main role was for defense and law and order ronald reagan would concur with such a statement but over the last 25 30 years the government is now involved with everything free health care uh free uh schooling for young children free uh, social health care free this free that of course it's not free it comes from the uh taxes of people for so is the will of god that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men concerning people who speak out against government leaders overly critical against government leaders never get on their knees when was the last time you got on your knees and pray for your president prime minister king or queen have you ever done it why haven't you done it why don't you do it do you pray for church leaders 
Do you pray for evangelists, ministers, ministries? What are you praying for? For so, it, uh, for so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free, and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as a servants of God. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. So there are three strands uh, to the Queen of England, head of the Church of England, the State Church, which of course is apostates and is a daughter of the whore of Rome, head of government, head of the royal family. A bit like King David, in a sense, he was a priest, a prophet, and a king, head of uh, his family as a royal, head of the government, and head of uh, the Church of Israel, if you know what I mean. First uh, Corinthians chapter... 1 uh, look at verse 26 for ye see your calling brethren how that not many wise men after the flesh not many mighty not many noble are called we don't say these people are saved obviously not King James may possibly have been saved Henry VIII as far as my research has shown me wasn't saved Elizabeth I wasn't saved heavily into astrology the queen mother was also into witchcraft some of those women are called the witches of windsor princess diana like i say tarot cards spiritualists clairvoyance a lost woman searching but never coming to the knowledge of the truth for you see your calling brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many, not many nobles are called. Haile Selassie may have been saved. Perhaps one British Prime Minister may have been saved. But we're going back to the 19th century. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise people like us and god hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty it looks stupid to people when they see christians praying people say what are you praying for the queen for or the prime minister or the president why are you praying for hitler and i'm sure there were german christians not many but i'm sure there were some praying for hitler during world war ii why are you praying for joe stalin in Russia, Jesuit trained, an atheist, or Pol Pot, or other despots. Why are you praying for such people? You've lost your minds. Weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, it shames them, it embarrasses them, but it glorifies the Lord. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Also going back to how you are saved by your faith in Christ alone. To 14, 
But the natural man, unsaved man, unsaved leader. It says how Herod observed John the Baptist. He was infatuated, puzzled with uh, John's prayer life. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. 118. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is a power of God. 20. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Bring out your best brains. What can you offer us? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? So you have all these people coming together, kings and queens, premiers, presidents, princes, potentates, all coming together, dressing up, thinking that they are holy, sacred, and the Lord thinks they are a joke. 23. But we preach Christ crucified. That's what you should be doing. That's what Guy Fawkes should have been doing. Unto the Jews a stumbling block, still is, and unto the Greeks, Gentiles, foolishness. They think we are a joke, and they like to make fun of us, but that's okay. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So the Lord picks somebody, it could be with a low IQ, it could be somebody who doesn't quite fit into society, and he picks someone like myself, like you, anyone who's born again, to stand at a pulpit like this. Well, that's a beautiful <laughs> January morning and it's, incre it's incredibly mild but for the world they see this as something of a joke and governments get uneasy when Christians start to preach you go to Israel and you preach on the streets you go to Israel and you speak about Jesus pushback 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 they don't like it they despise it it's not illegal but it's not encouraged governments don't like Christianity obviously governments will censor a lot of people go back to the gentleman in vietnam that patrick spoke to a few days ago he was a catholic survived the vietnam war because he was a catholic the uh, communists persecuted him put him into prison was eating dead rats was eating some horrific uh items to survive and on one occasion when uh, the guards weren't looking he was able to escape so i partly appreciate uh, his will to live obviously but unfortunately he's gone from one crazy system to another crazy system he swapped communism for catholicism as a communist living in a communist country he was in bondage to maoism stalinism leninism darwinism the insane belief how there isn't a god how all this came to be by chance and that wasn't bad enough he then escapes and either becomes a catholic 
or maybe he may have been a Catholic all along, I don't know. But it's incredible, really. Look at 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words. We don't talk people into the kingdom of God, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, present tense, it is the power of God. Go back to 2 Corinthians. Let's see if I can find that uh, verse dealing with the old man and the new man. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new, become new. Concerning your standing, of course, sinless perfection, not your state, if you had a perfect state 24-7, why would John say to confess your sins to the Lord? Uh, 2 Corinthians, a wonderful book, uh, which is very much neglected. Here we go. 4-8, we are troubled on every side. Old man, yet not distressed, new man. We are perplexed, old man, but not in despair, new man. Persecuted, old man, but not forsaken, new man. Cast down, old man, but not destroyed, old man. Excuse me, but not destroyed, new man. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, suffering for the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest, declared in our body. So the Christian life is a paradoxical life, and I spent years speaking about the paradox of being a saved sinner for 18 years, struggling, failing every day, and I always will do until I get home to glory. But the more I read the scriptures, the more I realize that we are commanded to be careful what we say, what we do. It's easy, isn't it, to make fun of leaders. It's easy to mock people. It's easy to find fault in people. But these politicians that I mentioned this morning are all lost, are all going to perish. And when they hit the judgment, it's going to be horrific. So I don't take any joy or satisfaction thinking about such people perishing but i know between now and the judgments i am commanded you are commanded we are commanded to pray for our leaders to intercede for them on our knees why not fasting why not denying ourselves why not some of you people have been praying a long time for it could be a husband it could be a wife it could be jobs it could be to have children it could be to move here or to move there, to do this or to do that. How about praying for the things of the Lord? Praying for your governments. I think when the judgment comes around, uh, like the Age of Enlightenment, as they call it, when France became a republic, and uh, when uh, the uh, Bolsheviks replaced uh, the Tsar in Russia, and millions of people died once that took place, or when Vietnam fell to the, the, uh, the Viet Cong, or uh, Korea was split in two, or when governments in Iraq, pre and post Saddam, came and went. I think it's going to be horrific when Christians living in those countries are going to have to explain themselves to the Lord. 
Why didn't you pray more for your government? Why didn't you live a more peaceful, quiet and honest life? Set a good example to unsaved people. Why are we trying to bring in the kingdom now? That's what Guy Fawkes was doing. He wanted to bring in the kingdom now. He wanted to replace king with the Pope. And yet James was saying, look, there's freedom in Christ. And yet Guy Fawkes, John Wilkes Booth, a Catholic wanting to overthrow Lincoln. Why? Because Lincoln was anti the slave trade. Wilkes Booth was pro it. The Church of Rome were pro the slave trade in America. South versus the North. The South in America were Catholic for the most part. Pro-slavery, the North were anti-slavery. And these two worlds met, for the most part, unsaved, of course. But Wilkes Booth would say he was religious. Guy Fawkes would say he was religious. Both had a belief in the papacy. Both held to a higher power. And yet when push came to shove, Lincoln was assassinated. King James was almost assassinated. Had Wilkes Booth read the Bible, had Guy Fawkes read the Bible, they would have seen how they have no right to interfere with governments. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, the Apostle John, all Jews living under Roman occupation, had it far worse than we do today. When John saw Mystery Babylon, it says he marveled. He's seeing Papal Rome, not pagan Rome. And yet even then he doesn't say, get your weapons, let's have a revolution. He doesn't say that. And like I say, he learned his lesson alongside his brother when it came to trying to call fire down from heaven. So I believe that it is not only possible, but plausible, probable, that saved people, if they don't walk in the spirit, are able to say and do things which are not only lustful, carnal, but devilish. And some of the things that people are posting, saying, writing, that I've been aware of for 18 years, are coming from hell. Like I say, look what uh, Luther would say and uh, John Calvin. I mean, some of these guys, and they can't all be lost. George Muller, George Muller, like I say, uh, John Wesley and others, were saved men, I believe, but their mouths got the better of them. They taught pernicious doctrines. They got into some of them, limited atonement, denying that Christ's blood is for everyone. And they said, no, it's only for the elect. Devilish. One moment they are praying to the Lord. The next minute they are saying, kill this person, kill that person. I think it was Stephen Anderson who was calling for the death of the former American president. Have you lost your mind? You were told to pray for your enemies. The former American president isn't your personal enemy. You don't even know the guy. And yet you are calling for his death. Are you insane? Guy Fawkes almost came through. Almost achieved it. Wilkes Booth did. These guys are carnal. They're lustful. They despise dignities, dignitaries. They're walking after their own flesh. Despising governments that are ordained, chosen of God. There's a spirit connected with those people. There's a spirit that is speaking through those people. And some of those people are saved. Simon was saved. Simon the sorcerer, another one. 
It says he believed, was baptized, and then straight away he wants to purchase the Holy Ghost. He wants to make merchandise for the power of the Holy Ghost. And it says how the apostles, Simon Peter and John, said, you are full of iniquity, perverse, repent, that the Lord will forgive you of such a statement. Guys just believed, he just got baptized. And yet within moments of a transformation, a transformation, transformation, going back to standing in state, he's coming up with statements which disgrace him and the early church. So this video uh, from the open air pulpits, a beautiful <laughs> spring-like morning, uh, was necessary just to add another footnote, I guess, to what I said in my last uh, message. Anyone who's in governments uh, has authority, obviously. We've already looked at that this morning. Uh, there's no body in governments anywhere around the world today that has just arrived by chance. Even uh, gangster governments, even uh, militias like what you see in uh, Libya at the moment and Somalia, even those guys are loosely uh, considered to be governments or governments within governments by the Lord. The job of the Christian in Somalia <coughs> or Libya isn't to get your Kalashnikov and go around looking for trouble. No way. Your job, if you live in Somalia or Libya or anywhere else around the world, for that matter, is to pray for your government to get the gospel out, get some tracts, pass them out, tell people about Jesus Christ. That's what you are meant to do. Not to become overly political, not to even join the world of politics either. A lot of Christians say, well, we should be in government. No, no, no. You weren't told in the New Testament to be in government. You were told to pray for those in government, but you were never told to be in government. And every so-called Christian, and I can think who's ever been connected with government, has made a real mess of things. A real mess of things. They compromise, they flip, they flop, they try and wear two hats, you can't do it. And Christians who think they know more than the Lord, Christians who refuse to pray for their governments, leaders, governors, powers that be, are carnal, sensual, devilish, out of fellowship with the Lord, not consecrated, babes in Christ, and such people should be marked after being warned of course and if they continue to have outbursts of anger rebuke them and then shun them i had to block a few people who were posting comments on the last couple of videos we put one up uh, one out uh pre-christmas defending israel I had to block a few people and we put a video up uh, about two weeks ago concerning the uh, plane that was accidentally or so we were told shot down over iran and people were criticizing israel they got blocked and some people were criticizing my criticism <laughs> of uh, harry and Meghan cheapening the royal family embarrassing the royal family embarrassing britain and that i think is justifiable to say that's what they were doing i have no views personally about such a couple or any of the roles, like I say, they're not saved, they're all lost, 
uh, but because they are public figures financed by the public purse that's why I wanted to say what I said and I think we'll leave it there and uh, by the grace of God it's been a beautiful morning uh, to come up to the open air pulpit and uh, if you wonder why your prayers aren't answered if you wonder why you are an angry bitter person or you are resentful or you're always struggling or something isn't right there's no peace in your heart examine yourself Paul says to examine that you are in the faith not necessarily saved but that you are in the faith walking with the Lord consecrated to him check yourself some of these people who are posting comments <coughs> and have made statements over the years uh, concerning the subjects that I've spoken about this morning I think I think are saved I believe they are saved some of those people but they're not walking with the Lord they're out of fellowship with the Lord they are feeding the old man and that is so problematic because when you start to feed the old man it becomes vanity it becomes vain and uh, it dishonors the Lord it causes people who watch videos or read articles to think that this is what real Christianity is all about and it's not it's a dishonor and as far as I'm concerned I want nothing to do with it so check yourself out if you have been uh, overly angry overly bitter overly emotional thinking with your heart not your head you need to repent of that get on your knees pray for your government pray that the Lord will forgive you for your own uh, anger frustration bitterness your own uh, failures prejudices asking to forgive you for being such a person with such beliefs views and ask him to cleanse you to forgive you and to fill you with the Holy Ghost don't be a fool don't be naive don't suffer fools gladly I am a cynic by nature but you don't have to be a cynic <laughs> by nature uh, but I've also learnt in recent years not to be too quick to start typing and start to uh, post things in retaliation because we don't have all the facts either we have no idea what goes on within governments secret societies within governments we have no idea about that we had no idea the apostles had no idea what Titus Domitian uh, Nero were doing or the Viet Cong the Korean government Saddam Hussein Boris Johnson Donald Trump take your pick we have no idea what goes on and nor are we even expected to and nor should we even care our job is to get people saved and stay in fellowship with the Lord and not become guilty of carnality and uh, allow the devil to speak through us a terrifying thought just for the record I don't believe that Christians can be completely devil possessed I don't believe that he can uh, oppress you he can cause you to do and say things which you wouldn't normally do but why would that be possible because you've asked him back into your home basically you've allowed him to come back into your home Matthew 12 speaks about that the house which is swept the resident has been kicked out being a picture of an unclean spirit he goes through dry places seeking rest he can't find any he said I go back to my old house he goes back to his old house he takes seven spirits more wicked than himself and you've got a house full of unclean spirits in a context dealing with Israel as a Bible rejecting Christ denying entity which is what they are right now and yet even then you still to pray for the Jew both testaments 
Paul says he wished he could be accursed for Israel if it meant they could be saved. So it's not down to you to try and work out all these mysteries, but it says here that they're accursed, but here I'm told to pray for them. You just do what you're told to do. Let God deal with the world. You deal with the here and now. You deal with people who you come into contact with. It's not down to you to worry about governments and groups within groups. He will, he will deal with those people as and when he is ready. Uh, but yes, I believe it's possible that Christians, all Christians, can be oppressed. And shockingly, how Satan can speak through saved people. But again, why is it happening? Because you have opened the door to him. You've allowed him to get a stronghold on you. Bitterness, anger, disappointments. And as a result of that, Paul says, hand such a person over to Satan, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, for the destruction of the flesh that the spirits may be saved in the day of the Lord, in the day of Christ. And uh, we, we looked at that subject last year, so I won't revisit that this morning, but leave you with what I've said already this morning, and hope this has been of help to you. Pray for ministries, pray for those who are teachers, pray for those who are trying to get the gospel out, pray for your own governments so that you can have freedom to breathe, freedom to worship God uh, more openly but also pray for the wisdom pray for your president prime minister king queen governor chief executive hong kong for example or north korea for example that they get wisdom solomon prayed for wisdom god gave it to him but the wisdom of this world first corinthians chapter one is a joke to the lord and one day he'll just take all this foolishness man-made wisdom and just uh, turn it on its head so I'll leave it there with that message, with that final statement, and uh, wish you every blessing, peace and joy in the wonderful name of our great God and Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and Amen.